Good evening, everybody, to Chuck and Lou. Here we are back on a Monday night, sitting here watching some Kansas City versus Denver uh, football. I'm sure everybody's worried about their fantasy teams this evening. Um, Lou, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. Do you have a fantasy football team? No. You don't? No. Me neither. Never done fantasy football before. I think we are probably the only two people... Um, in St. Charles that do not have a fantasy football team. I can't pay enough attention to it. I, I can as well. You know, I was in one and with some old college buddies and like three years after not paying anybody and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'll send it on Venmo. And I'm like, I don't do that. And it doesn't help when half your team, um, the guys that you play with live in different states. So you really mm-hmm. can't meet them. It's convenient to pay them their money. So um, I kind of got out of that this year. Uh, but anyways, like I said, welcome to Chuck and Lou. A uh, little Monday night. I'm coming from a six-year-old uh, machine pitch baseball game tonight. Fall ball game. Fall ball. I mean, you talk about just getting after it with fall ball. Um, feels like summer outside. Though. Oh, it just feels great out there. So I traveled out to the woodlands. This is only my uh, my first year having kids play, and went out to the woodlands. And ever I say that to anybody, everybody's like, "Oh, I've been there five thousand times." My, you know, we play there all the time. And the first time we went out to the woodlands, oh, about a month ago, and was sitting in the back seat. My mom came along with me, and uh, my wife went over a speed bump at about forty-seven miles an oh hour. I know, and uh, spilled we my. We were drink. taking the back way. Well, we take the back way. We were going through that subdivision there. Oh yeah. And then I spilled my drink all over my shirt. Uh, of course. You know, Yeti was filled. You know, Monday night I was I was kind of ready to watch my son's play son play his first game, and I walk out in front of the parents, and I it looks like I you know peed myself. What field? <laughs> uh, field. Uh, I think it was twenty three. I think they only have like eighty eight out there, but exactly. twenty twenty three was I think the first. So game. My brother plays field twenty three. Tonight we were on field twenty one under the lights. Big deal yeah. under the lights. But yeah, we'll have to brag a little bit. You know, the game was a tight one. It was twenty two twenty two going into the uh, to the last inning and the sixth inning, and uh, Lane and my son. He goes a uh, little shot right over the shortstop's head for a, for a walk-off double. Um, big, big night for, for Landon. Uh, three for four on the night uh, with a strikeout. But but the walk-off double uh, asked me 45 times on the way home as he gnawed through his airheads. Uh, what, what did I do again tonight? Did a double walk-off? What, what did I do? And was very excited to tell mom uh, when he got home. So that's how I've, I've started my night. Uh, once again... We want to thank our first sponsor, uh, Tubby's Plaza Lanes, uh, right down the street from us here for being the podcast sponsor, home of the best steaks in town and cheap bowling. And, you know, I always have people say, you know, is it really the best steak in town? And I'm like, well, first off, yes. Second of all, I've had about 5,000 of them in my life. Um, so I can definitely, definitely tell you it's the butter sauce they put on top. It's just so, 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 so good. Uh, but anyways, we're going to go ahead and we have a first this evening on our podcast. And we have a guest and our guest tonight, you know, a lot of you are probably out there wondering who it is. Um, our guest is Nick Schreiber. For many of you know out there, um, Nick is one of the best soccer players to ever go through West. And it, we're just so glad to have him here tonight. And Jack kind of helped me and kind of get in, in touch with him today. So, uh, Nick, welcome to Chuck and Lou. Thank you for having me. You ain't no problem. Um, first off, just just what a great kid. I was able to to coach Nick back in the day in basketball and could just you know feel his passion as a freshman for soccer and uh, he's a, just a great career. And we're gonna kind of get started with a few questions for him. We're gonna kind of take some of our segments away tonight, only to to make time for Nick because we think it's very important to to have guests on here, especially from St. Charles West, kids that can come in that have had um, a nice career and kind of tell us a little bit about themselves, but. Um, Nick, today, uh, big news day. Tell us what you did today about uh, as far as your future. Yeah, actually, I committed to the University of Missouri-St. Louis to play soccer. Um, it was really big. I 
nailed, uh, brought it down between two or two or three schools, and I finally decided that Umsel was the right place for me. And it's it's kind of a stressful situation when when you go through where you want to sign. I know as you know, I was a kind of in, in your same boat back in the day, kind of narrowing down choices. You you kind of start with a list. You know, we all start with a list of six or seven, and then we kind of narrow that list down, and then we kind of fail to to Nick to realize the other aspects of you know signing somewhere. You know, am I going to live on campus? Live off of campus? Do I want to live close to home? Can my parents still come watch me play? Um, but what was it that Umsel that kind of stuck out in in your mind? Um, definitely the close to home part. It's not too far away. It's about twenty five minutes from home. But um, it was also the sense that I knew that it was a good place for me. Um, both of my club coach, club soccer coaches, both went through there for the same coach. Okay. Um, the coach is a really good guy, um, Dan King. He's one of the most truthful guys that I've ever met. You know, and it's interesting. You said a few things there when you're looking through the process. I think the word truthful comes out. I think Nick has played with me a little bit in basketball in his career, and I think Jack being along. I think if you have a coach that's just honest with you, not about, you know, anything from your personal life to how much playing time you're going to get and the goals and where do they see you now and where do they see you later and um you know i think one of the things you mentioned was that trust through your club team coaches you know you have guys that you trust that you've played for before that also played for the coach there so you kind of have a a three-tiered level of trust and that's huge but i would like for you to tell us tell us a little bit about Maybe not just even this past year, but as you've went through high school, uh, what is a standard year like for a soccer player in St. Louis area who is obviously one of the top players in the area? Tell us kind of how a typical year rolls for you. Yeah, so I start off. I'll start off with the the fall going through high school. Usually, um, high school is usually more laid back. Um, just definitely playing a different position in high school for me. Um, it gets me another chance to stay fit and also get more more uh, likes or passion in another position, maybe see what I can do. Um, but once we get rolling around the club season, that's definitely more hardcore training four or five times a week. Um, and if I only train three times a week, I'll definitely have a game on the weekend or three games on the weekend. Um, but usually on off days, I'll usually go for a run, maybe do some extra ball work. Uh-huh. Um, but once we get towards State Cup, which is the biggest tournament and um club soccer that's definitely grind time so the few weeks coming into there we'll practice probably about six or seven almost every day a week yeah so um i mean that's that's pretty much it but it's definitely a lot of hard work um to get where i got to i'm just really grateful for where i am right now absolutely and I, it, you said something that was kind of you know interesting to me it's when you have these elite athletes in, in these sports, and I see it with, obviously, our basketball guys. I've been fortunate enough to coach some some Division two basketball players. Um, being a Division one baseball player myself, when you really kind of know you got it when the high school game just is extremely, not slow, but it just slows down. Um, like you said, you know, you get to play another position, but at the same time, you know, you go out there every day with those kids, and you, you kind of look around. When did you, as an athlete, realize, like when you went to high school practices and games, that... I'm I'm better not not to be an ignorant, but you know I'm better than everyone that I play against, and usually probably, you know obviously better than everyone on my team. But like, was it a sophomore year? Was there a time? Was there a tournament? Was there a a club? You know, a part of your club season? Like, when was it when you knew I'm darn good? Um, my fresh my freshman and sophomore year, I definitely came in not knowing if I was like the best on the team. I had Max Wooten, who's also going to Umsol. He's committed there. He'll be a junior next year. He was. A really good player um but it was really my junior year coming into high school season that for my club team i was definitely one of our top players but by the end of that high school year i got the gsc player of the year 
So that, that I mean, that that's when I knew that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm you're where, there. I'm there. You're yeah. where you wanted to be, and it, it does take. You know, you get some awards like that and the recognition, um, and you start to realize that this is where I belong. But then at the same time. It is hard because I also see some high school kids kind of struggle at times. You have to have some patience with your teammates in high school. You know, when you're playing on a soccer team and you got to have 11 guys on the field, you're not going to have, you know, you, you have your club guys. Every guy who plays in your club team is probably the high school team's best player. And is that, a, is that difficult or is it actually more fun because they're your buddies? And I guess the question I'm kind of leaning towards to ask you is, you're a senior and I believe you're one of nine or ten on the roster and I believe most of them play a lot of the minutes. So is it interesting? Is it, is it just more fun because you have all your friends that are your age and it kind of takes away some of that frustration? Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes it can be frustrating, but most of the time dealing with all my friends, I mean, I know, especially being a captain, I know when to get on and when it's just a mistake. So, I mean, it's definitely more laid back in uh-huh. high school rather than in club because most people, most of the kids on my team in club definitely should be making the right plays every single time. What? Um, I'd like to jump in real quick. Yeah. Um, for you um, fans in the area, Nick leads or is in the top five in goals and points for the season. Twenty three goals and fifty five points overall. Um, last year, you guys had, were very young, a lot of freshmen. Um, this year, a lot of those guys are starting as sophomores. W- was it tougher last year or this year with all those young 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 guns? Um, definitely, it, it was tougher last year. Um, I was a captain both years, but having those freshmen coming in, not really knowing what to do, um, it, it definitely is hard. Um, it's definitely a challenge, but this year we have we have no freshmen on the varsity varsity roster, um, so it's kind of like guys know what's expected of them. Um, they know how hard to work, and it shows on the field definitely. Who are some of the young um, sophomores that we should probably be expecting to see a little bit more of? Maybe after you're gone and your time is done here, um, maybe a name or two out there that we should maybe think that either has the ability to play at, at the college level or maybe just has the ability to maybe be a, a GAC North player of the year. Do we have any kids coming up that, that we should look out for? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Darius DeCarlis, he is a sophomore. He he will be one of the best players in the conference, um, definitely as a junior, but most likely a senior year. Um, he'll, he'll, he's playing forward right or for, yeah, he's playing forward right now with me, Some a little bit of defense, but when I leave, he'll be mainly the top forward. Uh-huh. Um um, also, Sam Pappen. Okay. He is a great defender. Um, he knows when to work hard. He knows when to go into a tackle right. He plays the ball with his feet well. Um, and Craig Kubiak. Um, he plays wing mid. Mm-hmm. He is a very good player and does all the right things. So I think those three players will definitely carry our team. Um, if not next year, their senior year, they'll yeah. be a pretty good team. And I think those those types of kids probably will be grateful and, and they'll see you when, when you're, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, when you're 25 years old and, and they're 22, 23 and you guys are, you know, having, you know, having dinner somewhere, you're maybe having the soccer guys back together, or maybe you're down on Tony, you know, Tony's on top down on main or street. Or you're having a kick around. Yeah. You're having, you're having just a kick around. They're, they're going to thank you for this. And, and one thing that I can tell is just that you, you've been there before you were young at one time and you had older guys, you mentioned one that's going to actually be playing at UMSL or it is now, you know, you're going to be able to to take those memories, and those kids are going to thank you for that. Now, they probably won't thank you now because they're so young and they're a little bit immature, but eventually they're going to tap you on the shoulder and they're going to say thank you for, for leading us in the direction because if it wasn't for guys like you, I, I talk about this with St. Charles West all the time, if we don't have guys like Nick, um, if we don't have guys like, you know, Logan Gaunts in the past from the basketball team, guys that show great work ethic, you know, that's how programs become better than average you know we don't want average we want better than average um Lou you got anything else for us 
Not Anything really. else you want to ask him? I guess the only thing that I'm going to ask you before we uh, move on in the show is could you just tell us just a little bit um, about the teams that are in your district and where the district will be held this year? Um, so the district will district tournament will be held at St. Charles West. So nice. we'll be at home this year. Um, we have Trinity, who is a very good team. We That was our only loss this season. Okay. Um, we have Duchenne, who's always a good team, really good coach. And yep. we have Orchard Farm, who is has an outstanding goalkeeper this year. So... It definitely is probably the hardest district um, in the Missouri area. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to get out of. But once we get out of there, we'll, I think yeah. we'll be set. I think sometimes, you know, you always hear those coaches around town, what, what are, whatever sport it is, you know, man, our district, our district, our district. And I always kind of, you know, bite my tongue and I say to myself, well, but if you get out of that, you know, then the teams that you face the next week and the next two weeks and possibly the next three weeks can kind of, you know, slow your team down to where you can say, if we can do this, you know, what can we do in the next two or three weeks? So I really think this could be a special year. I'm really excited to kind of see West other Warriors. the only team that has a, does a turf field. So. Well, and I think you guys play well at home, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously one loss on the year. Um, on a grass field. And, and we'll, we'll blame it on the grass. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I want to take this time to to make sure that we thank Nick for being our first guest. He's he's a great kid, and we, we extremely, you know, like I said, we look forward to the next month three weeks here and we hope that um we can be hanging some banners um because that's that's what we, we want to be doing and uh, we want to again thank you for your time and i'm hoping really for a day it. off where i can go to soccer park for the state championship man state yeah for sure i remember growing up man we'd go to some of those games back when i was little and you know back way when i was little you go watch cbc and Desmet and at, at the soccer park and it was just kind of what you did and um it would be really cool to to roll tribe down to um you know to the state tournament and like jack said get him a day off of school but once again thank you for for thank coming you. by and it's that's this is this is an awesome deal for us to be able to have um somebody on i was so excited to have somebody else join us so once again thank you very much thank you so much you're welcome so we'll go ahead and we'll move on to um our in season talk here our in season talk is going to be sponsored tonight by Justin Faust, State Farm Agency, and they're a proud sponsor of the Chuck and Lou podcast. Like a good neighbor, the Justin Agency is there to help you and your family with all of your insurance needs. Um, they are here to make sure life goes right. Protect your house with Faust to learn more. Uh, you can reach Justin at justinmyagentstl.com. Once again, Justin at myagentstl.com. Thank you, Justin, for all you do for our community, and thank you uh, for what you do for the basketball program. And on a side note, I really would like to thank a couple people. Not only, obviously, Justin Faust, who um, is on the Lions Club Committee, who puts on our Oktoberfest event. And if you live in St. Charles, you know how um, the weather was just fantastic this weekend. And Warrior Nation went down, and we did a great job working a booth um, down at um, Oktoberfest. And it's just a great time for our families. We had some feeder team families on Friday night and some of the dads showed up in Lederhosen's and um, we had a great time. And then Saturday, um, we had our high school parents and then Sunday um, as well. But that's just a, a great event, a great fundraiser for all our schools. As I kind of walked around down there. It was amazing. You start at one end and you see um, Duchenne. Duchenne has a whole section to where they are fortunate enough to fundraise and make some money. And then you walk down the, down the way a little bit and there's St. Charles West and the Lions Club is giving back to them. And then you keep on walking down the street and you see um, you know, the Bar Mayos and you see the St. Cletuses and then you see St. Charles High selling merchandise from their tent. Um, and it's just, it's just great for, for St. Charles. Um, and it's, it's just fantastic for what, for what the Lions Club does. I mean, all those schools involved, it's just great. We want to thank um, the Lions Club and Oktoberfest and, and it's, it's a great it's just a great gig and it's a great way for all these programs to make money and for the parents to get down and hang out so we're going to go ahead and and move on in here to uh, kind of lose portion of the show here and we're going to break down several things and I'll kind of make some comments but we're going to go ahead and start 
first, Lou, with a little bit of um, high school football around the area. Yeah. Um, well, big one here in St. Charles. Um, nothing against St. Charles High, but the big game was between St. Charles West and Orchard Farm. West having their homecoming. And um, they were very hyped up for it. Getting another crack at homecoming against Orchard Farm, which we lost them at home two years ago. And they made sure that wasn't going to happen again. West taking care of business, 56-20, to 20, behind 210 rushing yards from sophomore Dominic Flint. Um, the West just, just ran the table against the Eagles. They sure did. And I think Clark Henderson, I think he had about 10 carries for about 136 yards. I think they had just the amount of yards they had rushing was uh, phenomenal. And I think if you did look at the average, I think uh, Mr. Flint, who had all those yards, was like 26 yards per carry or something like that. Something so, crazy. Um, so good good job by our, our obviously our hometown Warriors. And then uh, Lou, go ahead and continue with around some more high school yeah, football. Moving over to the other side of town, St. Charles High, taking on Winfield. Um, it was senior night for St. Charles High. Winfield jumped out early, but St. Charles High finished the job 35-34 um, behind good effort there from Devonte Henry, who had 245 rushing yards for the Pirates and three touchdowns. Um, he needed a game like that where he just ran all over a defense. And even though Winfield beat Orchard Farm, we've kind of seen in conference play, it's been a weakness for another defense. It has. Um, um, other games in the area, Lutheran St. Charles, their homecoming hosting the big bad Trinity. And Isaiah Williams decided he needed to snap out of his funk and went crazy. I think he had, I think he had seven passes completed and five of them were touchdowns. And Trinity beat Lutheran seventy-five to fifteen. And Lutherans, you know, they're they're a good squad, and it's just, I, I mean, it's got to be tough to play against them. But at the same time, it's also got to be tough to be the head coach of Trinity at this time to keep those kids motivated and you know to make sure that Barry Odom just, was there. I, and I'm sure he was when they got that many D1 kids. But be a, it would be a tough a tough job. I mean, trust me, I'd love to be the coach that's just absolutely killing everybody. But at the same time, to keep those kids humbled and motivated at the same time and to make sure they're on the straight and narrow. Um, is there any other football or are we going to move into? Uh, we got two more. We got three more games. Another homecoming game. Tell me all about Charles it. County, Francis Howell Central and Francis Howell North out at Howell Central. And they took care of business 34-6. to Francis Howell hosting Fort Zumwalt West. It's a big game in the GAC South. And Howell took care of business 34-14. There's a big one on Saturday. CBC, who's undefeated in the top team in the state in Missouri, got to play the fifth best team in the country from Washington, D.C., St. John's College Prep. And it was a shootout from the beginning. And St. John's College Prep won 59-49. to 59-49 to in a high school game. Wow. I, I don't – now – I am not as good at you with this stuff. When was the last time CBC lost a game? Um, it's been a while. Because they, I mean, it's every time we look up, they're beating somebody 59 to 10. So, but you know, it's good though. Dude, and you said, where was that game played at? That was at CBC. At CBC. So they brought a team in, you know, that, that takes, um, interesting. I like it. I, I like the Saturday. Fact, I like, well, first off, I like that it was on Saturday. Another reason why I like it is Mizzou didn't play. So if you're looking, you know you're a a, a good you know high school For football junkie. The last time CBC lost was to their brothers in Memphis, Christian Brothers College of CBC Memphis. They lost to them in the second game of the season last year, thirty six to twenty seven in Memphis. Okay, so it's it's interesting, you know the whole. Obviously, they don't lose a whole lot, but for them to they don't lose the teams in Missouri. No, that's that's never going to happen. But I mean, it's it's 
it's interesting that the AD actually schedules that game and brings a team in. And I think it's fantastic. I think those kids deserve to play games where they're competitive and to kind of see where they're at. Because if you're just going to play the local teams around and you're going to get a competitive game from a Biani or Desmet and a competitive game meaning like a 20 to 25 point spread, you know, those kids need to learn. You know, there's there's definitely kids play in the East country. St. Louis every week. Yeah, they could maybe maybe CBC could play East St. Louis, you know, eight times a year and. Maybe that's maybe that's what we need to move towards. You know, yeah, I'm four, totally joking. But let's games. let's go ahead and move on to um, to the volleyball game that you attended this past week. Yeah, um, Wednesday had the caps and volleyball besides St. Charles West and teams in the area. I'm sorry, but I just had, I, I had to go watch some clean volleyball. I, I know it's time to get out and watch watch them hit it around. So went out to Incarnate Word Academy, watched O'Fallon Christian take on the Red Knights of IWA, and Incarnate coming into this game, um, there, was a, there was an interesting scenario going on over there with their JV coach being fired and their varsity coach resigning after that for unknown reasons. Interesting. So their varsity assistant took over, coached the JV team and the varsity team. The JV match was probably the quickest volleyball match I've ever seen in my life. And um, Incarnate took care of business, of course. And so, and then the varsity game, let me tell you, for people who have been in Incarnate, that gym's small, but everything... Go, the, the sound just travels everywhere in there. It, it reminds no you of like like Hoosiers, yes, like the Jim Hoosiers. I can I, I bet. And um, so it was very noisy, and Incarnate did win the match in three sets. It was a big win. Um, one of their best players it was her birthday. Uh, one of their seniors, uh, Tori Stewart, had a very good game. And Christian entered the match. I think they were fourth in small schools. They're led by some very good players. They have a girl who's a sophomore who's already committed to Mizzou. Wow, as a sophomore? Yeah. That's uh, a, I think she committed before before her freshman year. That's impressive. I got a question about that. Um, Lou, when you go to a game like that and you're talking about the atmosphere and it's an incarnate word um, and it's in their gym, can can you I, can you just give me like a mental picture of like how does how does a, an, an all girls school like that? Do they get rowdy? Like, yes, what is they it like? get incarnate gets rowdy. Believe me. So, what do they like? Do they face paint? Do they chance? Their chance. They definitely do some chance. Okay. Um, I've seen a couple games where they've done face paint. Um, I mean, do they like mosh pit each other? Like, <laughs> no, they, like, not throw girls around. Like, <laughs> no. no, they do have uh, dance performances during the volleyball game. Surprisingly, after the uh, first set, they have a little dance and drill performance. Okay, and uh, after the game. All the girls rushed to court and they all got in the huddle. Did some? I uh, did something. I I don't even know what it was. Just some girl thing that probably they only know. Yeah, what but it is. There, I know they're. No, I heard Drake. So they were playing oh, some Drake. So. Okay, so it's like a sorority party. Yeah, pretty much sorority party minus guys. Well, I probably was the only guy there. So. Really? Hey, I was the only teen guy. There. Only teen guy there. So hey, chances are good. So let's move into. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, where do we want to go next. Let's go ahead, and, and I'm kind of interested because I was right, um, but let's go ahead and talk about a local player who made his commitment tonight at around 6 o'clock, and I'm going to have Lou take this over and go ahead and give us the name, where he's from, and give us some background and detail. All right, so the big commit was EJ Liddell from Belleville West High School, four-star recruit. His final three choices were Mizzou, Illinois, and Ohio State. And we are talking basketball here. Yes, basketball. And um, – Although his dad, I think, played college ball at Illinois for football. And um, EJ was deciding between those three schools. And you could tell this was the big recruit that Mizzou and Illinois fans were fighting over because McKinney had already ruled out Illinois. Right. And I think Mizzou fans were definitely convinced that he was going there because of his cousin. Right. So that was – and I think people now think that was 
clear choice from for a while. I agree. But Liddell was probably I, I would bet he was torn between those two, but he left that third school in case if that didn't work out if he didn't like that, and he picked Ohio State. And I believe if it was an episode or two ago, um, I said Ohio State is where he would be going. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for Mizzou. And a little bit of just background on why I thought that. This is just, you know, me on my typical rants. He had three options. One, Mizzou, okay? You know, everybody, I think, would would have understood that. Illinois, he's an Illinois kid. Mr. Illinois. Mr. Illinois. And I think if he went to Illinois, it would have been understandable, but he would have had to have been the guy. And then it was like, or I could go to Ohio State, and therefore I'm not making Illinois fans too upset because I didn't go to Mizzou. Oh, they were upset. <laughs> Mizzou just got you know just got McKinney, and they're kind of on the rise with Torrance Watson. Well, it's a Big Ten rival still. So. It, it is, and I and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen <laughs> when Mr. Liddell comes in to play Illinois, and, and that's just going to be the banter back and forth there is going to be bad, but... You know, I've heard some really good things about Ohio State staff, and I really think that they do a really good job of recruiting. And once I saw that, I, d- I just thought that Ohio State was a place for EJ to go to say, let's start fresh, let's go somewhere where it's out of state, and I think it's going to be a good fit for him. And I, I really, truly am interested to see how he develops as a player because if my memory serves me correct, uh, his the way he's built, it's like a you know a 6'8", um, kind of a, one of those, I like to call him a tweener, He's not 6'11", he's not 6'5", he doesn't handle the rock like I think a normal 6'8 NBA type player will. He's a four. He's a number four player. He's definitely a four, but I think he's one of those guys that is definitely going to get a lot better in college. And I think if he can expand his game and shoot the ball by the time he's a junior or senior, I think we might be talking about an NBA player here. Um, For all you Mizzou fans, Torrance Watson committed to Ohio State first, so don't leave the... Don't I, leave it. I think I, I think we all remember that, and yeah. that was you know a quick thing, wasn't that? Did the coach from Ohio State end up leaving, or do we know why Torrance? Well, he said he won. Uh, he figured he found out like his parents weren't his. I think he said he won his parents to watch a lot of his games in person. And it was just gonna yeah. work out better if he went to Mizzou. And I like that. You know, some kids they they do that after their freshman year, and they don't do it early enough, and then they kind of freak out. So I, I'm glad that the Torrance made a good decision, of course, M-I-Z. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. Um, you know, E.J. Liddell, in in my mind, he he's not he's not a Tiger. But I also wonder, too, you know, if he thought, where do I fit if I go to Mizzou and where do they want me? And at the same time, I think it's a good thing for E.J. and his family. And I know that he's a good kid. Um, I've seen him play. He's a great player. But like I said, he's a he's a jump shot and some handles away from, from being an NBA player. Um, let's go ahead and, and kind of move gears now, and Lou's going to talk to us a little bit about a couple of college football games that took place this past weekend. Yes, um, so there's two big top 10 matchups. First one between Ohio State and Penn State, wide out at Penn State, and Ohio State drew the ire of some people, mainly Urban Meyer's female detractors, for uh, uh-huh. a tweet earlier in the week that I personally think had nothing to do with um, anything to do with domestic violence, even though some people said it was. People can turn tweets into any direction they want. It's kind of a sad deal. Yeah, and uh, Ohio State took care of business winning 27-26 on, some costly, on a costly play by Penn State. And um, their coach, Penn State's coach, Franklin, had a uh, – I, I don't know if you saw his rant afterwards about how they're a great team, but they're not an elite team. I think that's one of those things that a coach normally says this time of year because there's just something missing. And he knows, you know what, 
all my kids that I coach are going to watch this. And I think sometimes, and I've done this before. In Unless Ohio State really blows a game out, Penn State's not getting the playoffs. I, I, I agree. And I think sometimes coaches need to put that out there because if kids see that, it might be a little bit of a motivator. And then the other game was Stanford going to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame really showed up to play. And I, I think you can really, with that win, put them in the talk for the college football playoff. And it's not just because of their name. And, and I think, you know, I saw some of the highlights. Of course, I didn't see a whole lot this weekend. I was, you know, doing so much down at Oktoberfest. And, Selling beer. And, yeah, just, you know, down there doing doing what we needed to do. But at the same time, um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the next, I guess you would say, three or four weeks here. Um, personally, you know, basketball starts in about a month. And I got about three or four weeks here where the weather kind of cools off. And I'm really kind of interested to get back into the um, not only the high school football scene, but get get really dive into the to the college football scene. I think these next three or four weeks are really telling as far as, you know, what are you made out of? You know, are you going to be a team that's going to be able to, you know, make the top 10 or get into those games that you need to get into? And some of those teams that aren't very good, are you going to? You're going to get in and actually, um, you know, get your chance to be a bowl game and obviously looking to see what Mizzou does. Um, let's touch this a little bit on cross country again. I think we had. Uh, yeah. So there's a big one in Jefferson City, the Capital City Challenge that St. Charles West went to. And that was a big event mainly because that is on the on the course where the state championships will be held. Oak Hills Golf Course. They turned that into the uh, Michigan turns that into their cross country haven this time of year mm-hmm. and uh lily jackson freshman at west finished third behind the two the first and second place finishers in class three last year who are both freshmen last year now they're sophomores and one of the girls I think that finished first she had like three state she won like three state championships last year from christian i think in soccer two in track and field and i think finished second in the uh in cross country state championship last year, and the girl from Burroughs is already setting records out there. It seems like Burroughs is setting records and everything of running. Uh, they have the one stud, the track kid who's already set national records. Uh-huh. And then uh, I'd like to give a shout out to another person racing in the um, cross country race, uh, Miss Alyssa Toll, who's a good friend of mine. She finished eighth in the class three race out of the Capital City Challenge. She's, uh, I haven't got this year run yet but she's really taken off from what I understand um coming in they weren't she wasn't even sure if she was gonna make the varsity team now she's their top runner so shout out to you Alyssa I'm gonna make sure you watch or listen to us tonight that's right so it looks like Alyssa and Lily are both having good you know good uh I guess you could say a good run I guess you could say as they go good out run. and do some do some good things but we're getting to that time of the show where um we usually get down to, to Stein's out of the ordinary and uh tonight's just a different night I don't, I don't know if anybody can tell but it, it, myself um Chuck and Lou have been a little bit out of it tonight, I guess you could say. We are in a situation here where we have a young man that is that is close to both of us, uh, Trent Champagne, who is obviously our best player on our basketball team. He's the leader of the school at West. He's he's the leader of, of St. Charles West. And we've had some bad news here the last couple evenings. And um, his his mom, Stacy, is, is in just a real fight with cancer and... You know, as a matter of fact, as soon as this show's over, I'm I'm gonna go go get Trent. I'm gonna go meet Trent tonight and be by his side tonight. But um, before I get too emotional about it, I know Jack and uh, I'm gonna refer to him as Jack at this point because Jack is is one of Trent's buddies and and he has some things to say. Yeah, I mean, I haven't known Trent all of his life. Obviously, been coached, known his family forever, and um, and I've only gotten to know Trent really since his sophomore year, giving me rides to and from home to school and stuff, but. 
I, I mean, I've gotten to know him a little bit better. He's always he's opened up his door to me and hung out a couple times. Um, not a lot, but I've got to see kind of how his mom and dad were. They're good people, and his mom just it's absolutely dreadful what's going on there. Um, she actually she did some work for my dad and do um, for his office and stuff, um, managing money and stuff because I think she was an accountant. And um, it really it really stinks because he's one of the last people I'd want him to go through what's going on with his family right now. And I mean I feel terrible for him. Yeah, and it's well said. And I, and I think it's it's one of those one of those nights in the last couple of days that have you know some things have really hit us, and we just want the people out there who listen to this show. We want the people out there in Warrior Nation. We want those people who who know the Champagne family. Um, they've had you know four kids now that have that have gone through St. Charles West and have been just nothing but phenomenal kids. Um, they are what St. Charles West is, and I think if you know the family and you know how they roll and and you just know how they act and how they treat others it's if you want to have a family to model um what we want st charles west students and families and parents to be and how they act like at games and just if you want model people um stacy champagne is a model mother and um to call her a friend is one thing but I just want everybody to know tonight before they, you know, put the head on their pillow to make sure that they say some prayers for um, Stacy and, and the Champagne family. So, or uh, if, and if you're not religious, just keep her in her thoughts. Yeah, just keep her in her thoughts, and um, we know that uh, no matter what happens, she's going to fight. And we know that no matter what happens, um, the soccer team will rally around Trent tonight. And the basketball team. And we we sure know that this upcoming season. He's going to end up being one of the best players to ever put on a warrior warrior uniform, and um, we will definitely make sure Stacy is with us um, throughout this season. So, with that being said, um, prayers to the Champagnes tonight. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening again, and we will see you next week at some time. And this is Chuck and Lou.